0: And thank you, Joni. That's we will see this morning in God's Word that He is the, the only place, the best place uh, to turn. And to see that we are continuing our study in, uh, in 1 John. If you want to turn to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, you'll be right there, ready to go. But as we look into 1 John, we've seen Uh, God's work in a wonderful and miraculous way. We've seen John writing to a people to encourage them, uh, to warn them, to uh, cause them to know who Christ is and to live out that life that Christ has given to them. And so as we come this morning, I'm going to begin in prayer, and uh, as we pray, I'll ask God's help to understand his word today. Gracious God, I thank you for your word and for your mercy. Thank you that you are indeed God. There is no other. And I thank you that you bid us to come to turn our eyes, our face toward you. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for the great work that you have done upon the cross for us, for our salvation, for the strength that you give for those who follow Christ who, so that we might go through deep sorrow, deep hurt, and that we might have a place in which we can call to pray to you. And so help us, instruct us in our prayers today May we see you as you are, and we see you, the, see you as the object of our faith, and may you be glorified through the word as is presented this morning. Lord, my words are not important. Your word, however, is eternal, and may it do the work that it is promised, you have promised for it to do in our hearts today. Pour out your spirit upon this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever felt this way? Maybe this is the question of your heart. I pray, but I don't feel as though God hears me. I pray, but I don't feel as though God hears me. Or, Or maybe I don't think God hears and answers prayer, as he did back in the Bible times. And so it's a different time, and, and we pray, but that's just because we're commanded to pray. But I really, if you, if you were to ask me in a, in a quiet, in a, maybe a, a truthful time, I'd say, I don't think God really hears me. Have you ever felt that way? I felt that way. I felt that way. And I think all of us struggle from time to time, sometimes uh, much of our life as believers, if we indeed are followers of Christ, with this idea of prayer. And if you're not a follower of Christ, if I were a betting man, I'm not, but if I were a betting man, I would bet that you probably have prayed at some point, you cried out to God, and, and maybe you got an answer, but I guess you probably didn't get the answer you wanted, and so you'd think, well, this prayer thing is man, it's not for me. Prayer is just not, does not work, and I hear those Christians talking, but it's not, I don't think there's something, maybe there's some secret, I don't know. And if you're here as a follower of Christ today, uh, maybe you've given up on prayer. Maybe it is that you have, you go through the token motions and people say, pray for me, you say, yeah, I'll pray for you, and yeah, right. And you just make a promise, but it never goes back to a, a time where you're quiet and you call out to God on maybe a behalf of another. So the question in our hearts is, does God really hear our prayers? Does he hear? And if he hears, does he answer prayer? There have been times in my life, my my life, I only have one, my life that I have searched for an answer. I can remember um, early on in a workplace of doing everything that I knew to do according to what my trainer said, and it not working. (laughs) So, in college, um, I just thought of this. In college, I worked for a place called Dial America Marketing. I had a long tenure of one week. So, you come in, and you call from six to, or five to, nine or ten, you call West Coast also, Uh, and you would call, and my my job was to sell tennis magazine subscriptions. You know, let alone the, the fact that I didn't play much tennis and the only thing I knew that was around was a soccer ball. Uh, and, and so I would call, and it got like to day three, and I'm not doing really well at all. No one is saying, um, this is the story of my life in sales. No one is saying, yes, I'll buy that magazine. And finally they brought a trainer over to me on day four and worked with me, and, and then she began to call out. And call after call after call said no. I started feeling not so bad. But I remember praying, Lord, I, I just really need to, I mean, I need a job. i got to pay for college. Could could you just answer my prayer and have someone buy one magazine subscription? And I got nothing. And finally, the, the last night was um, the, the the manager and I had a little conversation. And it went this way. Stacy said, I don't think I can do this. And she said, I don't think you can do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I looked for another job. Um, but I remember crying out, and you think, that's a little thing. Uh, well, it seemed big then. Crying out to God, please, one magazine subscription sale. But God had something else for me. And he answered that prayer and in another week or two and gave me a job that was a little less Stressful. But at that time, said, God, you're not hearing my prayer. You're not listening to my prayer. Or maybe I did something wrong, or maybe I'm praying the wrong way. See, John, the beloved disciple here, is writing to a people that is str- they're struggling with, those who are leaving the con- their congregation, who are saying wrong things about Jesus, of who he is, and to the point where he's had to reassure them of what salvation is. What exactly is salvation? He's reassuring them that he's giving them the confidence and so this morning, I want to talk to you about confident prayer. What John says we can be confident in and pray for. How is it that we have confident prayer? Verse 13 we saw last week. It was this, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And we talked about faith in Christ. The object of our faith is Christ. He indeed but we, that we can know, because that was one of the things they were struggling with in this church. Do we know that we are even Christ's? Are we going to have eternal life? And he says, yes, for those who believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, believe on that person, Him, your full faith in Him. God saves. God does the work. It's not that faith is the work and we have to build it up. I remember, you know, you hear the, the, the passage of faith is a mustard seed. And we were, when I was in Israel in 2009 for the first time, um, we went to a field to see mustard seed bushes, trees, you know, that kind of grow everywhere. And I thought, I'll take some back. What a perfect illustration. And so back in the days when I wore cargo pants, some of you will laugh, I, I broke off some, put in my cargo pants, and probably forgot about it until I was unpacking my clothes back in the States. And like, what's that? Oh. Mustard seeds are really bitty. I mean, they're just three ends of a pencil. I don't know, like a, a felt-tip marker, a little less. And they were all in that pocket. I was, I was picking mustard seeds out after several washings. But, but, but God says, that's, it's not the size of your faith. It's the object of your faith. It is that faith, as a mustard seed, it's not like I have to build it up. And this faith... As I place my object in Jesus, he saves. And so, based on that confidence, he moves to verse 14. In fact, in, in many translations, but not in this one, it has a chi, the Greek word chi, and, and, as a logical conjunction. And so he's saying, because of verse 13, the salvation, what you're having, this is the confidence which we have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He continues this. He kind of puts another emphasis. And we know that he hears us in whatever we ask. We know that we have the request which we have asked from him. So you read that and you say, okay, how does that happen? Well, let's break it down a bit. Obviously, we know our basis. Our, our basis is our faith in Christ. Faith from faith in Christ flows eternal life. And then he says in verse 14, the confidence, confidence in prayer. And we have confidence in prayer before God. We have in verse in chapter 3, verse 21. And we know whatsoever we receive from him because of that confidence, we because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. We have confidence in prayer, John has already said in chapter three. He's already said we can have confidence because we are, we're, we're following what God says. We're trying to do what pleases Him. We can be confident that we ask and receive. So here again in 14, in chapter 5, we have this confidence we have before Him. And that's a little small word, before. But it's interesting because it is near. That we have near Him or face to face with Him. Face to face with Him. And John here is, as he often is, um, not descriptive as him, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Him being God. We think of face before Jesus. We will see his face, face to face. But just think about that small word, before. That because of faith in Christ, God brings us near to him. It's not like we're we're some way far off, and we kind of see a glimpse of God in the distance. He says we have the confidence which we have before Him. We're standing before Him. We have the confidence before Him. That is the confidence we have because of Christ and what He has done. And so we said this, the confidence that if we ask anything, now wait a second, I get a little radical, John. Anything? Well, we'll, we'll see what anything means, but. That's pretty broad there. According to his will, he hears us. So we think about this, and we, we wonder, what is John saying by the work of the Holy, Holy Ghost if we ask anything with confidence in Christ and in God? Well, John is setting a few parameters here, and he does this. He did this in 322, obeying God's word, pleasing his sight. But here, he uses this word, these, this phrase, according to his will. According to his will. Now, the word according is pretty neat because that uh, has a, a meaning of down along the line, uh, we might think of in harmony with. Okay? So, you musicians, you have melody, you have harmony. And harmony follows along the line with the, with the, the melody. And harmony should always complement, not create dissonance. If you don't know what dissonance is, well, I won't illustrate it, but it doesn't sound very good <clears throat> unless you resolve it. And, oh, it's, oh according in harmony with his will. Now, we have a question. What it does? What is God's will? And in Scripture, there are several words meant used for the will of God. One is that divine will of God that he sets out before. Here is a word that is a little different from that one that John uses. He, he uses that, this word in, in the idea of God's heart's desire. We think of it as a, a general revealed will. It's why God has revealed his desires to be, his heart's desires to be. You think. Okay, so this is not, okay, I want you not ordering step by step here. This is a general overview of God's will. So let's back up and think. So maybe you've not read a lot of scripture. Maybe you've read some. What does God desire? What is his general will and his desires? Well, we are told in, in 2 Peter 3, the Lord is not slow about His as Some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing or, or willing, one translation say, for any to perish, but all come to repentance. His heart's desire is all to be saved. Now we understand that some will reject it, but this is the desire of God's heart. That all men and women and boys and girls come to know Jesus as their Savior. Why else would He send His own son. Why else would Jesus come, very God, to become human, to live with all the ugliness that's down here on earth, to be hungry, to experience pain, to experience then separation on the cross as he hung between heaven and earth for our sins? And and then God there loaded all of our sin upon him, and he died there for us. That came from the desire of God for us. To receive salvation, all men to be saved. Well, what else? Well, another thing that we see through Scripture is the believer's sanctification. And sanctification is not much more than a fancy word, the theological word that is your process of growth as a Christian. So if you're a follower of God, God doesn't intend you to stay there with that same knowledge of which you came to Christ and the same life, but he tends you to grow. And here, it's the believer's sanctification in 1 Thessalonians 4.3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, and he begins the example here, that you abstain from sexual immorality. And so the believer's sanctification is spread throughout the New Testament. He desires our growth if we're believers. And that's part of the general will of God. As part of the will of God, his desire is our desire for you and for me if we know Christ. And then, Overall, arching is he desires for his glory to be known. We've sung a lot of songs, purposely, this morning on the glory of God. The greatness, the majesty of God. We have a hard time, I think, in our humanness and our finiteness, understanding, wrapping our arms around how great God is. How big he is. The one who spoke and planets were set spinning. You know, for a long time, science told us that uh, it just kind of all happened along. And then they got a Hubble telescope and looked back and said, wait, there was a beginning point. And so we're going to call that the Big Bang. Okay, there was, all of a sudden everything came to being and it exploded out. But where did that stuff? God, the uncaused cause here... In His revealed glory of creation, desires to be glorified. Our lives are be lived. Uh, Westminster Catechism, uh, years back. What is the chief aim of man? Chief aim of man is to glorify God. Was glorified. Well, it means to live in such a way that God gets the fame and the praise, not us. That God receives the accolades for what we do, not us. We do it in His strength. He gets that. And so here is what God says. So God says, this is the confidence, John writes, which we have in him, that if we have anything according to his will. So we're asking for those general revealed will of God. We're asking for that. And he says, I want you to pray in confidence that as you pray for these things, we can confidently pray for the salvation of a friend, our loved one. We can confidently pray confidently pray not only for our growth but the growth of others and that god would use the circumstances of our lives to to make us more like christ in, in christianese language to look like him and it doesn't mean physically but it means that we are to have the joy the peace the love the long suffering otherwise known as the fruit of the spirit but to to live and act like christ To have a sacrificial love like Christ. And that's part of the growth. And we can pray for that for us and for others. And we can pray that in a situation that God's glory be done. And we may not always know exactly. We may say, we would like this to happen, Lord. But we want your will and your way to be done that you may receive glory. We think of Jesus as he is in the garden of Gethsemane the night before crucifixion. And he is crying out to God and he says... Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup, or this, this death that he knows is approaching, let it pass from me. But nevertheless, thy will, speaking to his Father, God the Son speaking, God the Father, nevertheless, thy will be done. He submitted himself to the plan, the will, and the desire of the Father. And so we can pray for that. We can say, maybe we pray for certain things that we say, this, I think, would be the will of God. Now, we don't always know. God may have a purpose and a plan that that is greater than what we desire. God may have a purpose and a plan that is vastly different than what we desire, but we pray knowing that God will work as we pray, and he will answer us as believers praying because we have the confidence of God, and we will wait, wait and rest in his answer. The model of Jesus is so wonderful. You know, prayer is not a a tool to bend God's will to ours. Hey, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to change God's will to to give me that new Ferrari, or whatever your car of choice is. That's not what it is. John Stott said, every true prayer is the variation of the theme, your will be done. So we have this confidence in the bold words here that he hears us. That he hears us as we pray in harmony with God's will. says, I don't know the full will of God. You don't have to. And it's okay to pray what you might think is God's will from His Word in the Scripture. But with this idea, Lord, well, I want Your will to be done. I want Your glory to be known. I want people to come to Christ. I want to grow. And so as I pray for things that are you may think mundane here on earth, we pray for these reasons and for the desire to be in harmony of, in, with God's will. And we know, we know that God hears us. God hears us. And if, and if John thought you weren't sure, he added about the Holy Spirit in verse 15. And if we know that he hears us. Now, he uses two different word, uh, a different word here than what we've been looking at as know, as in experiential knowledge. This is a knowledge based on fact. Okay, We have a fact, and so we can know something, not experience. And, okay, I've, I know it now by experience, and yes, I know facts, but it, it took me to experiencing it. That this is objective fact. I, and if we know, so, or since we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know, again, same word, that we have the requests which we have asked from him. That God will work in those requests. Now, we understand he's going to work on his time because what we may think is the right time, he's waiting for a better time. But we know we have the promise of God as we pray, that we can pray in confidence and that we can pray that God would do a certain thing. However, what we have a problem is we pray once. I see these verses... John, I see those verses you wrote. I know the Holy Spirit guides you as you wrote them, but I don't really trust him. So I'm going to pray once, and then, well, you know, I can say later, well, you know, if I'd have prayed more about it, maybe God answered, but I didn't pray enough. So I'm giving God an out, right? Or I'm giving myself an out. And that's not the example that God gives. That's not the example that John gives here, is to continue to pray with confidence and knowledge confidence and knowledge. Uh, I want to throw up a a quote here on the on the screen for you. This is from um, Spurgeon as he wrote on this passage Brethren, if there be a God, and if this book be his word, if God be true, prayer must be answered. And let us go to our knees. uh, Let us on our knees go to the sacred engagement as to a work of real efficacy. Go to our knees. And here, what Spurgeon is saying is if this is true, and it is, then why aren't we praying? Let's go together and pray. And pray. I wonder if you pray with confidence. I've been looking at these passages knowing that this message was coming for about uh, three or four weeks now, in depth every week, just kind of going back to it and reading through it. And this is ever before you kind of put outlines together and, or things on a screen. And God convicted me. I'm praying with confidence. I'm praying because I, I'm, I'm told to. And because, I mean, I'm a pastor. People expect me to, okay? I mean, after all. But am I praying with Confidence. Oh, I'm praying, but am I praying with confidence in God? See, we are called to pray in confidence with God. To pray in such a way that we pray in confidence, but also to pray in harmony with what God desires. See, we can have confidence because the object of our faith, again, is not us. It's not me. It's not somebody else. It's not a pastor somewhere. It is God. The object of our faith is God, and so we may... We shall, we should, we must pray in confidence. We pray that the work of God be done in our lives. So often we do try to bend God's will for our own. You know, this may be difficult for us. To submit our will to God. To say, Lord, I'll give you. Everything that I have, I'll give you my prayer and my desires and my will, and I want you to have it, and you take my life and do with it. And as I pray confidently before you, I know that you will lead me in a way that I could never lead myself. With confidence. And Lord, I want the harmony of your will to be done. I want your will, and as I pray, I want to pray for your, for your will and your greatness. We pray for others to come to know our Jesus. May we pray that we grow, that those in fellowship of Christ, that we are we are around that that they grow. It's a beauty to pray for others, not just their health. Yes, we pray God's will for people's health, and that's probably the predominance we get of. Prayer request, you would think as we sit and talk to each other, but we're in a fallen, sin cursed world and things hurt and things break. We understand that. But praying, praying in confidence for the spiritual growth, the spiritual health of a friend of ourselves. How many times do you pray for the greatness and glory of our God to be seen through your life, the lives of, of others, your family, your friends? This morning, I want to challenge you. Don't give up on praying. Pray aright. And tonight, we're going to deep delve a lot more deeper into this. I'm going to show you some of the other parameters. Don't miss it. If you're struggling with prayer, don't miss tonight. Because there are other parameters and things that God says. Here's, here's how I want you to pray. Here's how this all works. But I want, to, I want to plead with you. Don't give up on prayer. Don't anymore say, I don't feel as though God hears my prayers. But pray in confidence who God is. Pray in confidence that you have a, a wonderful, a powerful, and a mighty God who loves you if you're a follower of Christ, who loves you if you're not a follower of Christ, who desires to have that relationship with you. And if you call out, see, God's not obligated to hear the prayers of those that are not his own, but he does hear the prayer of the one that says, cry out, that cries out to God. I need you. So pray with confidence. Pray that God's will be done in your life. Pray that his glory be seen. Pray. and As you pray, you'll know the joy of prayers answered and prayers received. Let's bow in prayer. Oh God, I praise you for who you are. And Father, as you have burdened my heart to my own life this week, I pray that you would do so with others. Lord, may we submit our will to your will. But Father, for the heart that is struggling and that is that needs you today, I pray that you would do such a great work and you would reveal yourself to them. Father, I thank you that you have, by your mercy, reached out to us. And Lord, if there is one here today who does not know thee as Savior, I pray that today will be the day that they will see that you will hear and answer their prayer, and that you will come, and that you will receive them into your family. Well, today they'll be gloriously saved. And Father, I pray for believers here, those who are followers of Christ, and I pray that as we have struggled with prayer, I pray that you'd reveal yourself to us and that you would do a great work. May we be confident in you, not in ourselves. We're frail, we're flawed, but you, O God, you will answer. And so, God, I pray that you do a work in our heart by your Spirit. Commune with our Spirit through your Word and change us to be more like Christ. May your glory be seen in our lives, the lives of those around us. May souls come to a knowledge of Jesus and may we grow as believers to be more like the beauty of Christ. May we turn our eyes to Christ. What's in Christ, I pray. Amen.